Amen. All right. Everybody say devotion. All right. Uh, obviously, we're maybe still distracted by the offering, so let's try again. Everybody say devotion. All right. This is a new season for us, and uh, we say it like this. It's a season, not a series. You know, uh, when, when you, uh, nothing against churches that do series, um, I guess a little bit against them, uh, but, but just because we want to do it different. Uh, listen, here's why we do what we do. If, if you have a series, it's very structured. I'm going to talk about this, and then I'm going to talk about this, and then I'm going to talk about this, and then we're going to do this, and then this week is this. And we around here are big on, be, on the Holy Spirit leading our services. Wouldn't you rather have a service led by the Holy Spirit than one just made by man? Now, do we have a plan? Yes, obviously we do. We made graphics. We prepared for this. But what are we going to do? We're going to allow the Lord to work within. You know, if I came in and I felt led to, to teach on, uh, I don't know, so, something totally uh, you know, unrelated, baptisms, I don't know, whatever. We're going to do something, something, something totally unrelated. I don't feel, and I don't think anybody in here would be bothered by that because we're still in the season of devotion and we'll come back to it. It's a season. It's going to keep going. Amen? And then eventually the season will change. So that's why we do that. That's why we use that wording. But we do have an endeavor during this season to talk about spirit-led prayer, how to pray in the spirit, how, uh, fasting and prayer. If you look around the church world, now you're probably not like me. I follow a lot of different churches because I like to see what they're doing, what it, what it looks like. But you might even have friends that are fasting right now, fasting and prayer. Um, unfortunately... I see a lot of people fasting. Um, they're doing good in making a dedication to the Lord, but they're not fasting biblically. This might shock you, but the word uh, fast, and uh, I'm not going to try to say it, but in the Hebrew, it literally means to shut one's mouth, to close one's mouth, to stop eating food. That's literally what it means. So you hear people all the time, they'll say, oh, well, I'm... During this season, I'm just I'm fasting Netflix, and I'm fasting Netflix because I just want to make sure that I just have plenty of time dedicated. Now, giving up Netflix or giving up social media—that's great. As a matter of fact, if you are going to fast properly, not eat food, then you should then you should probably give up some of that stuff. Uh, uh, Bishop uh, uh, David Oyedepo, who I believe has the largest church in the world. A 50,000-seat auditorium in, um, in Africa and who has, uh, and I, I don't know too much about his ministry, so if I'm quoting wrong places, y'all forgive me. But what I heard is, is that they're now building a new church. They've outgrown that. They're having multiple services filling up a 50,000-seater. So everybody says that Christianity is dying and all that. It, there may be a, a curb in America or whatever, but I don't buy that. They're building... What supposedly, what I was told, the largest enclosed auditorium in the world for a church. That's amazing. They fast every year. They're doing a corporate fast with their church right now. So we're going to spend some time. I'm actually not going to teach on that today, but I wanted to kind of wet your uh, uh, taste buds a little bit there, prepare you for uh, uh, some things we're going to talk about. Because uh, it's good for you if you're going to fast, which you should. Everybody should fast. You know, how do we fast? What do we fast? How long do we fast? We're going to answer some of those questions. But when talking about your prayer life, because with fasting even, if you're fasting and not praying, 
What's the point? That's why I brought up David Oyedepo. What he said is, if you're fasting and not praying for an hour a day, you should just eat. Now that's not in the Bible, but that's a pretty good statement. So I've fasted plenty of times and not prayed an hour a day, but I've prayed as much as I could. So that's not like a hard rule. You know, that's his rule. But I think it's a pretty good statement from a, from a guy who obviously knows the Lord and who has had God move in his life. So fasting, everybody say fasting, goes with prayer. So you need to have a prayer life. That's the point. That's the point of fasting is to, to improve or enhance your prayer life. So let's start, before we get into things like fasting, before we get into praying in the Spirit, I want to just start talking today about prayer. Kind of an overarching prayer subject. I actually have ten keys to prayers that get results. Ten keys to prayers that get results. I, I'm going to forewarn you, I'm probably not going to get through all ten today. So, so I wouldn't miss Wednesdays. We had a great uh, a meeting Wednesday night and during our Wednesday night prayer meetings we uh, have a period of time where we actually do corporate prayer I usually teach on prayer every Wednesday anyways in some way shape or form so this season will not just be for Sundays it's going to be on Wednesdays and I'm going to be teaching these along and along I don't normally leave our Wednesday broadcast up if you absolutely can't make it I may leave those broadcast up or I may leave it at least on a private link if you want it write me and, uh, and we'll send it to you for Wednesdays. I know some of you drive, you know, 30, 45 minutes. And uh, by the time you got off work, you, you, wouldn't even, you literally wouldn't make it here for the service. But if you can be here, let me just say this. There's nothing wrong with you coming and praying with your pastor. I, I, would, I wouldn't, you know, on Wednesday night I shared something at the end of the service that God spoke to me, that, that it's something I wouldn't, norm, I wouldn't share on a Sunday morning. It was just something for, for those. It's, it's kind of insider information, you know. And, and I do that on Wednesday nights uh, sometimes because I'm, I'm, we're, we're praying together. And if you're going to pray with your pastor and pray for your church, I, I, like, I want you to know what to pray about. Amen? And so, um, so it was good. Now, I'm, I may share it on Sunday. I'm not saying I won't. I won't, but it's good for you to come and pray. Wednesday nights are really crucial. They're really crucial because we spend a little bit of time worship, a little bit of time uh, in teaching, and a little bit of time in corporate prayer. If your prayer life is lacking, come and watch, come and watch me pray. Do you know how I learned to pray? Prayer meetings with Pastor Steve. Truth. Truth. That, that's how I learned to pray. I watched him pray. I, wa I heard how he prayed. I, I heard, because some people, some, let me say it this way. Most Christians, if you hear them pray, they don't actually know how to pray prayers that get results. They know how to talk to God maybe, but they don't know how to pray prayers that get re results. And I'm, try I'm not trying to start off on a negative way and sound all, you know, nitpicky, but it's the truth. If you hear them, you know, pray, it's all, it's all negative. They, 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 they come before God and they're like, you know, uh, I know I'm worthless and I, I, I've messed up so many times. And, I, and they spend their whole time with God complaining, being negative, talking down about themselves. Do you know what God's word says? Do you know what this book says? That he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all your unrighteousness. Watch this. Let me show you how easy it is. Ready? Heavenly Father, 
Lord, I, I messed up yesterday. I, 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 you told me to do something. I didn't do it. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. In the name of Jesus, I repent. I repent from that. I'm going to go back to what you told me. I'm going to go back to that instruction, and I'm going to get it right. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me in Jesus' name. What was that, 15, 20 seconds? Forgiven. Wash, cleanse. Done. Now there's nothing in between me and God, and I can move on. I don't have to spend uh, uh, hours upon hours praying about what I did yesterday or last week. Or you might be in here saying, oh, I've got, Pastor, I've got years of mess-ups. Years of living in sin. Years of living on, oh man, I didn't serve God for years. How can I possibly come before God? We're going to talk about it today. And you'll see in God's word that he doesn't care about that anymore. The moment that you say, Heavenly Father, I accept you. I want your son to come and live in my heart. I want the Holy Spirit on the inside. I believe what you sent your son to do, that he died on the cross for me. And because of that, I'm washed cleansed. I'm washed clean. I am cleansed from all my unrighteousness and I don't have to to worry about how you feel about me I'm forgiven I'm forgiven right then and there done and we spend all this time so I want you to say this say prayers that get results you should pray to get results you should pray to get results now the results may be I said this on Wednesday night the results may be like if, if you're just praising God and worshiping God, the results may be just being in God's presence. But that's a result. That's, hey, I'm going to set 30 minutes and I'm going to spend time with God. I'm not asking him for anything. I'm just going to spend time with God. I'm just going to worship. You know, the Bible says in, one, in several places, but specifically one time in Acts, they were ministering to the Lord and the Lord spoke. And gave them clear instructions. Set these men apart for the work of the ministry. Then they prayed and fasted and laid hands on them and set those men out for the ministry. Well, how did they get the instruction from the Lord? They were ministering to him. What does that mean? God, I love you. Lord, I thank you for everything. I mean, just worship him. Just praise him. What's praise? Thanking him. Praise and worship is actually a form of prayer. So maybe that's the result. Maybe you need answers. Then you should pray expecting answers. You should pray a type of pray types of prayers in your life. Your prayer life should be one that expects and gets results. D- do you know you can actually have a prayer life that gets results? I, it, it frustrates me when I see those quotes online, you know. Well, well God, God sometimes answers yes and sometimes he answers no. Well, you know, the Bible actually says, in him, all his promises are yes and amen. What does amen mean? So be it. So am I going to go with the fancy quote on Facebook, or am I going with this? Because his promises, if I'm praying according to his promises, the answer is yes. And I'll give you scripture upon scripture upon scripture to back it up. You can't base your life your doctrine, your statutes, and the things you live on are based off of everybody else around you. No offense to your grandma, but if she said something for 34 years contradictory to the word, we need to undo that. Doesn't mean she's a bad lady, or that she it just means that she had a, a limited understanding, somehow, some way, or a misunderstanding of God's word, and we need to align our faith, which we walk by. Everybody say faith according to the word 
So uh, directions, guidance, whatever you're seeking from the Lord, I should pray expecting those results. Speaking of faith, you, when you pray, you should exercise faith. What does Hebrews 11 say? Hebrews 11, 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 6 says this, Now it is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith. Everybody say, without faith. What is faith? Faith is the fundamental belief. We just read it. It's, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So without that, without me going to God, how do you, you're, you're literally spending time with and praying to someone that you can't see. But yet it's very, very real. Very, very, very real. You may even have people in your life that make fun of you, ridicule, ridicule you because you serve God, because you spend time in prayer, because you, you know, you know, listen, who flipping cares? I, I, when I get to heaven one day, I'm not going to stand before them. I'm going to stand before God and I will hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I'm going to hear. I don't, so I, listen. My prayer life is going to be based off of this. How I spend time with God and my faith has to be in him. Has to be in him. So we're going to exercise faith when we pray. Amen? We're going to exercise faith. Number one. All right, ten ways. Or, or yeah, ten, ten ways to pray prayers that gets, get results. Ten keys to prayers that get results. Number one, use the right mechanics. Now, I, I like to, um, I like sports. I like coaching young kids. As I've grown in my coaching career, I've learned I'm not an expert coach. I'm just really motivational. And I really like kids. And so I just, I just like, I like to spend time with the little kids. I like to spend time with, with the young ones. I like to, to encourage them. You know, the kids that have no idea what a soccer ball, a soccer ball even is. You know, the parents signed them up for soccer and didn't even think, maybe I should buy a soccer ball. I mean, they just put them out on the field and, here, Johnny, that's Coach Clark. And then I get Johnny, and he has no idea how to use his right foot from his left. He has no idea how to run in a certain direction. He has no idea what teamwork is. So what do you do as a coach? You start with the mechanics. You start with the mechanics. You start with, okay, um, uh, uh, hey, if, if, like, I know baseball really, really, really well, and so I coached Kaylin T-ball. You start with the mechanics. Which glove does the, does the hand, which, on which hand does the glove go on? You start with, how do you throw a ball? Who are you throwing to? How do you catch a grounder? You spread your feet. You put your glove out in front, not under your legs, out in front. You, you, you start with, how do you hold a bat? Left hand on the bottom if you're, left hand, if you're right-handed and you bat like this. Right hand on top. You put your bat on top of the right shoulder. You look at the ball, you keep your eyes on the ball. You start with mechanics. You start with the basics. With prayer, you need to make sure you have the mechanics down. I want you to look at this scripture, John 16, 23 and 24. John chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. And in that day, this is Jesus talking. If you have a red letter Bible, it's red. And in that day, which day is he talking about? The day we live in now. The day after he's, he died, was buried, and rose again. In that day, you will ask me nothing. 
Some translations, and what he was literally saying was, don't ask me. Don't ask Jesus. You're not praying to Jesus. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Whatever you ask the Father in my name. Everybody say the Father. Jesus is literally saying here, don't ask me, ask my Father. But do it in my name. He gave us permission and authority to use his name. That his name is the name above all names. That his name is the name that says, hey, listen, if you use this name, I'll make sure the prayers get there and I'll make sure they'll get answered. He says, he will give you. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Whatever you ask, he will do it. Say this with me. Say, God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, there are some denominations, or or I guess it would be a whole different religion, I don't know, but they believe that Jesus is all in one. That Jesus is all in one. Not true. Not true. You want me to prove it to you? If if you look at, uh, in Genesis 1, 26, what did it say? Let let, Let us make man in our image. God said, let us. Who is us? Who Who is us? Look at John chapter 1. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. How can that be? How can that be? Let's look at, um, in Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 7. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, he, this is talking about Stephen, he was about to get uh, uh, martyred. He, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit. So who was he full of? The Holy Spirit. So there's one. He gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. All three. How about Jesus when he got baptized? At the beginning of each gospel, you'll see that story. Jesus went to, to John the Baptist. And, and John the Baptist said, no, 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 I can't baptize you. And, John the Baptist, and Jesus said, actually, I need you to baptize me. And so you have Jesus, God in the flesh, gets baptized Goes down in the water, comes up. The Holy Spirit, like a dove. The Holy Spirit's not a dove. He came in the form of a dove or looked like a dove. He came like a dove, descended upon Jesus. Then you hear the voice of God. Everybody say three. You hear the voice of God, and and God says, This is my son in in whom I am well pleased. Three. So, what do we do? What, look, look at Romans 8. It says the Holy Spirit will help us pray when we don't know how to pray. In our weakness, he'll help us pray. So the Holy Spirit lives in me. He helps me day to day. He helps me uh, uh, um, do, do, you know, do what I do, navigate life. Then I pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Does everybody understand that? So as a sub-point underneath this one, to the Father in Jesus' name. Pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Use the right mechanics. What are the right mechanics? Well, uh, I have to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Well, well now, now uh, Pastor, Jesus, when he, he was on the earth, he gave us the Lord's Prayer. And that's what I pray every day. Well, I'm glad you do. That was before he died. 
before he rose from the grave. And he said in John 16, 23 and 24, in that day, don't ask me. I won't be here. I'm going to be in heaven. I, I keep telling y'all. I mean, it's like you had to keep telling them over and over. Hey, I'm, I'm leaving, guys. I've got to go. In, in one place, he said, it's better that I leave because the Holy Spirit will come. Amen? Amen. He said, listen, uh, I, I've got something better for you coming. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. And in that day, pray to the Father in my name. Pray to the Father in my name. I'm, I'm going, and you got to pray in my name. So what do we know then? We know that Jesus was serious about prayer. We know that he gave us the right mechanics of how to pray. And that when, ever say, when I do it his way, I get results. I know I'm having you do a lot of repeating today, but it's because if you can't tell, if you came last week, I, I, I preached my new shoes off. Today I'm teaching. I'm, I'm teaching. I may preach a little bit if it comes on me, but right now I'm teaching. You've got to get this. You've got to understand, in order for me to pray, I need to pray the right way. James, the book of James says, you, uh, you have not because you ask not. And he also says, you, you ask and don't receive because you ask incorrectly or you ask amiss. One of the ways that we ask incorrectly is, is we, we pray this, this anonymous prayer. Who are you talking to? And, and do me a favor. Don't end your prayers with, and to that awesome name. Just say, in the name of Jesus. And I can say that that might sound harsh, but I used to do it. And the Lord dealt with me about it. Who, whose name are you praying in? That name could be anybody. I don't care who listens to me. I don't care where I pray. I don't care in front of who it is. I'm going to pray, Heavenly Father. And I'm going to pray my prayer and I'm going to end it with, In Jesus' name. We ask all these things. I've said this several times and I'm going to say it again today because there's new people in the room. When you use the name of Jesus, it's like putting a stamp on your letter. If you take a letter, you, you, you put it in an envelope, you seal it, you label it, you put the address on it, you put it in the post office box. It isn't going anywhere until you put a stamp on it. It'll sit, it'll, I, I don't even know what they do. Maybe one day I should ask, because I've told this analogy like 33 times, and I have no idea. I'm going to go to the post office this week. Or if somebody knows, maybe y'all could tell me. I don't even know what happens with that mail. I don't know if they send it back or not. Do they send it back? What you think about it is a waste. By the time they sent it back to you, they could have just sent it where I'm sending it to. Anyways, you got to have a stamp. You got, you have to have a stamp. You have to pray in the name of Jesus. Subpoint B, actually say the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us he, his name is the name above all names. In, in the days to come, every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. You can't say any other name. You can't say it any other way. End your prayer in the name of Jesus. Subpoint C, you have to understand this. When you pray to the Father in Jesus' name, not only did he tell us to do it, not only is it uh, the right mechanics, not only is it the stamp that sends our prayers up to heaven. Not only does it mean that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for us, which means when we pray, he takes our prayers, he says, hey, God, this is what we got to do. Uh, Bob's down here, he needs this, he needs a miracle. God says, do it. Jesus says, done. 
Not only all that, but I want you to notice this. Subpoint C. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to look at 14, 15, and 16. Hebrews 4, 14, 15, and 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Who's our high priest? Jesus. What happened before Jesus came? There were priests established by the Levitical law. And the law had priests. That's, how, that's what you had to do. You had to deal with the priest who was here on earth. That's how you have to, had to do it. That's why when Jesus left, he said, I'm giving gifts to the church. What, who did he give? He, we went from a priesthood to pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, um, pastors, prophets, apostles. Is that what I missed? Apostles, pastors, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. Fivefold. He gave five of them, five gifts to the church because we're not under the priesthood. Well, what happened to the priesthood? Jesus became our high priest. Notice it's capitalized. In every Bible, every translation, if you have a translation that's not capitalized, eh, that one's wrong. High priest, Jesus, who passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, he explains that's who he's talking about, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have, notice this, this is really important, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, remember I told you earlier about how we're supposed to come to God, about how we're supposed to pray, and how we're supposed to, to, to spend time with God, and that we don't have to come in mamby-pamby, uh, uh, wavy, lackadaisical Christian nomenclature and pray some, some you know, spiritual-sounding prayer that, that gets nothing done. We're supposed to come boldly to the throne of grace. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus got tired. Jesus got hungry. Jesus got emotional. Jesus cried. Jesus got angry. He got mad. Jesus had his friends die. He had his dad die. Jesus, his, heaven, his earthly father, obviously not his heavenly father. Jesus went through the same junk you're going through. That's why he says, come boldly to me, because I don't need you wasting a whole bunch of time telling me a whole bunch. I already know I've been there. I'm praying to the Father, and I'm praying through and in the name of Jesus. So Jesus is hearing my prayers because I'm praying in his name, and he's sending them to God. He's interceding for me. So what am I doing? I'm talking to somebody. Not, not every other God on this planet Earth has not done that. They have not come in flesh and died for me. You, you, you have a, when you spend time in prayer, you, that's why, number one, if you're not praying every day, do it. He gave us an avenue to connect our life to him on a daily basis in the most simplest form. You can do it anywhere. You can do it anytime. 
You don't have to, it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to be on your knees. You can, be, you can stand like this if you want to and pray. I don't care. He doesn't care. He wants you to say, Heavenly Father, I need you right now. Here's how I need you. God, I am in desperate need of you to come through my situation. And I'll know you'll do it in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus went through what I'm going through. And he went through even worse. And he did it so that when I pray in Jesus' name, he'll do it for me. I can come boldly like that. You don't have to yell and jump like I did, but you can have the same uh, uh, velocity with your prayer. God, I, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm leaning on you. I say it all the time. Don't pray the problem. Pray the solution because he already knows the problem. I usually, I'll usually say that just to kind of get my own flesh out of the way. Lord, I know you saw that letter I got today. That's about as much as I'm going to say about the negative part. Now, I know because you saw it, you've got a way to help me through this. You, you've got a way to help me respond. You've got a way to help me get through. You've got a way to help. You said in Mark 11 that I can speak to the mountain and it will be removed. Lord, right now... The devil or the world or even my own doing put a big, massive mountain in my life. And I could spend hours and hours to you crying about the mountain. Or I can ask you simply, Heavenly Father, I know you see this mountain. I need your help. Now you talk to God like that. If you, if you have, has, has anyone in this room ever been a kid? Now, I don't know what type of parents you had, but I had good ones. And that may not have been your story, and I'm sorry if it wasn't. But when I came to my parents with a serious need, they moved mountains. I'm going to say that again. When I came to my parents with a serious need, I didn't have to move the mountain. They did. You need me to go down to that school and talk to who, son? What, what's the teacher's name? Okay. Don't worry. Rest assured, that won't happen again. That's, that's how my parents talked to me. Again, I'm not sure what you had. Maybe you didn't have that. But the, best believe, that's what I do with my kids. Sometimes i gotta pull, I got to have my wife pull me back. No, it's, you can't do that. I mean, I'll take care of my kids. I'll, I'll, we went to this uh, water park for vacation over Christmas break. I made sure that no, 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 no kids were bullying Bully my kids. No kids were, I mean, because they're really nice. Kaylee's the, I mean, I mean, all of our kids are sweet, but Kaylee is like, I mean, she's just bubbling with just emotion and just, just sense, she's just sensitive. Well, they, they, it took us, because of, I guess, her, her nature, the other ones, they jumped on slides, and, and I, I'll t- I took Josh in the wave pool. I mean, he's, he's two years old. I took him in the wave pool. The other ones don't even go in the wave pool, and Josh is like, woo, yeah. I mean, we're jumping in the wave pool. I almost, almost drowned him like three times. You know, thank God, saved You know, he's, he's still alive. But then you got Kaylee, who took us a while to get to go down slides. Now she's finally going down slides. Well, oh, I guess a couple years now. But we're, 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 she's at the top of the slide thing. Well, I'm down below. She's up here on the, the you know, several little store, stories up. And she's about to go down the slide. And, and uh, I'm keeping an eye on Josh because he's running around in the area. And I want, again, I want to make sure he doesn't drown. So, um... She's up top, Kaylee's up top, and I notice she's standing at the line, and she's a little timid to get in. And so she'd go and she'd grab the thing, and then some kid would run up, because she was taking her time. And then and she'd wait for that kid to go, and she'd go to get up, and then another kid would jump in. 
And in one kid, I watched this happen. I'm like, well, she'll get in. She'll, she'll get it. I'll let her handle it. She'll get it. So I'm watching, and I, I had to do something with Josh, and I come back, and she's still standing there. Still hasn't gone. Clearly, she's already waited in line. She's already waited her turn. She didn't skip line because I know Kaylee. She waited in line. She's in line, but she's just a little timid to get through. And I see this kid come through. And I'm sure he wasn't trying to be, like, uber mean to her. But I could see him get frustrated with her and move her out the way. I, I, jumped, I, yo, I jumped up on top. Hey, hey. I climbed up on top of the thing. The lifeguard's looking at me like he's about to blow his whistle. I looked at him. I, looked, I didn't say that to him. I looked at him. You don't blow that whistle at me. I just gave him that look. Don't you, do you see I'm taking care of my daughter? Don't you blow that whistle at me, sir. And I said, hey. I, I didn't even let him go down the slide. Get up. It's her turn. Now, Kaylee, baby, go ahead. And I talked just like that. Kaylee, go ahead, baby. There you go. Get in there. Every kid in there, they all backed up. They were scared. They, were, they didn't know what was about to happen. But, I mean, I watched how many kids went past her. I care about my children. And God's word says this. If we, being evil, care about our kids that much, how much more does the Heavenly Father care about us? And you won't even ask him? You won't even spend 30 minutes a day praying? You, you, you can't even spend, you can't come boldly? I mean, think about what God did. Yes, salvation. I get to spend eternity in heaven. But that's not all Jesus supplied. He said, in my name. You now have access to pray to the Father in my name. And I've been through everything. I know, I know. I know what you're going through. I know how bad it stinks. I know how tough it is. I know how much it hurts. And I got you. I, I got you. I got you. Number two. So once you get that down, and you get the mechanics down, and you realize, I've got, I've got the name above all names. I've got every name. I've got, I've got inside me the Holy Spirit. My spirit is connected to His Spirit. I can pray whatever I want. So number two, decide what you want. Decide what you want from God. Decide what you want. James 1, 6 through 8. But let him ask in faith. He received faith again. Faith has to be active in every single one of these points, in every, every facet of your prayer. Faith has to be active. You have to actually believe. As much as I've, I've talked now about Jesus and how, how Jesus is your avenue for prayer and how Jesus is, is what, what I stamp my prayers in, as much as I've talked about that, if you don't believe that your prayer is getting to heaven, then your faith is, is moot. Your prayer is pointless. You have to actually believe, all right, now I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to pray right now, and when I do, it's going to work. I don't have to see it because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not. I don't have to see it to believe it. I don't have to see it to believe, I don't care what it looks like around me. I'm going to pray, and it's done. Faith. Jane, uh, uh, where are we at here? 
James 1. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Everybody say no doubting. We'll come back to both of those points. So just, just mark that down. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man, which man? The man or woman who goes back and forth, who hasn't made up their mind what they actually believe and what they actually want. Decide what you want. Do do you actually want a bike? Or do you want a car? Or do you want a moped? Or do you want to walk? You know, God's up in heaven saying, I'm, I'm waiting on you to ask me. I, I'm waiting on you. Well, yeah, but God, God knows all my needs. He, he does. And he wants to be the one to supply it. He wants to be the one to supply it. He wants to be the one to make sure that when, when you ask him for anything, that he's the one that gets the credit for it. That he gets the credit for it. Not, not your job. Not you. Not your financial investor. That you ask God and he does it. He makes it happen. And he gets the credit. It would be better to pray five minutes with a purpose and a passion and in faith with no doubt than to pray days of pointless prayers. Now, I'm not telling you not to pray. I'm telling you that get your, th- get your, your, your head wrapped around. Okay. Number three, read the scriptures and find a promise that lines up with your need. Read the scriptures. Actually read them. Don't, don't, listen, you can Google stuff and find something that says something. Actually read through the Bible, read through the chapter, and make sure it actually lines up. Make sure it's actually, and if you have questions about it, guess what? I'm not saying I'm like a theologian or anything, but I have a really good understanding of God's Word. And I've been, because of what I've done for years in the ministry and now being a pastor for however long, I've had a lot of questions about those, those you know, verses that, are, that people have questions about. Well, does this actually mean this? Does this actually mean that? Like, for instance, I'll give you one. I don't remember the chapter verse offhand off the top of my memory, but I studied this out. A lot of people will say, oh, well, I want to drink, I want to drink alcohol. And they're just, they're just determined to drink alcohol. This, I know this doesn't have anything with prayer, but remember, it's a season, not a series, okay? They're like, oh, man, I, I, you know, the Bible says this, that a little wine is good for the stomach. Good job. You can read. It actually does say that. It does say that. The, a little wine is good for the stomach. Okay, if you read the, the whole statement from Paul, first of all, it says a little. So just at the, at the, at the, the, the very basic, 
Like, without studying it all, without re- going through all my study Bibles and looking at it, I can look at it and say, well, that is definitely not permission to get wasted. I mean, anybody could read that and understand that. But then when you read it and understand it, it's actually, his whole thing, he's talking uh, and giving instruction to Timothy. It's in one of the books, First or Second Timothy. He's giving, Paul's giving instruction to Timothy. Then he takes a pause. He takes a pause and he says, hey, by the way, where, and, and he, there, if you study the context, where Timothy was, the water was terrible. Most of the water back then was terrible, but that water in particular was detrimental to his health. But you have to have water. So Paul was instructing him, with your water, make sure you're having a little bit of wine so that you don't die. Not get wasted, get drunk, make sure as you're preaching you you get a little tipsy before you do it. That's not what he was instructing Timothy. He was instructing him, hey, hey, if you need to take care of your stomach, a little wine will help you. It would be like anybody else giving a remedy to a friend. Hey, you know, if you actually do this, that, and the other before you, you know, uh, put your kids to bed, it actually helps them sleep better. Maybe it's the same thing. In that day, that's what was appropriate. Read any study Bible and th- that has notes in the margin about that. If they have notes on it, it's going to say something like what I just told you. So what do people do? They Google, well, a little wine's good for you. See? See? I can drink. And that becomes permission for them to do what they had already determined before they went to the Word. Here's an idea. Go to the Word first. Because what else does the Bible say? Do not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with it. So clearly, just one other scripture says, uh, I'm not supposed to be drunk. I'm not supposed to have wine at that point or anything alcoholic. I'm not supposed to be out of my mind. I'm supposed to be filled with the Spirit. And you can do the same thing with prayer. You can pull scriptures out, uh, um, uh, not, not necessarily about prayer, but I'm saying like if you're believing God for whatever, you can pull a scripture out and say, well, there's my scripture. Make sure you, you, you read it. Everybody say read it. Read. Joshua 1 says this, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. I'm going to end on this. Number four. Number four. Put back Hebrews 4.16 for me on the screens. Hebrews chapter 4.16. Number four. Come boldly and confidently to the Lord. Come boldly and confidently to God. Come boldly. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us therefore come boldly. I I want you to get something crystal clear today. Ready? Jesus loves you so much. God loves you so Your heavenly father loves you so much that he gave us a method to have a a devotion time with him, to be devoted to him. And it's called prayer. And if we exercise prayer, we can actually pray prayers that get results. 
If we exercise correctly, we can pray prayers that get results. So what are we going to do? We're going to pray to the Father, and we're going to pray how? Everybody say it again. Say in Jesus' name. We're going to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. We're going to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. We're going to come confidently, boldly before the throne. God, I'm coming to you today, and I know that you love me. I know that you're for me. I know that you're with me. I know that you, that you have everything I need. See, this is why you have to know the word. Because as I start to pray like this, scriptures are just, I mean, just, I, I can just, look, look. I, I know your word says that you have everything, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. You have everything that I need. You supply all my needs. You are my supplier. See, see how when you come and you tap into that boldness, what do you, I'm not praying the problem anymore. I wrote this down the other day. This isn't in my notes for my sermon today, but, but prayer should be a weightlifter. If you leave your time of prayer and you still feel as heavy and weighed down as you went in, you're not done praying. And no offense, but you probably did it wrong. You probably went in there and focused on the problem instead of focusing on the one who has a solution. And if you just go in there and just, if you, let me, let me give you, let me help you. The Bible says this, put on the spirit of praise for a spirit of heaviness. In other words, you can literally exchange, okay, I'm taking, I'm taking this coat off and I'm putting on the coat of praise. So I'm going to take off, heaviness is off. Then I'm going to put on praise. If you leave your prayer room and you still feel heavy, you didn't praise him enough. Because the Bible's clear that heaviness goes. Heaviness dissolves when you praise God. Because what are you doing? Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. You, (laughs) you have a way. You're the same God who parted the Red Sea. You're the same God that loved your people enough that even when they were were, uh, uh, disobeying you, you gave them manna. Then they complained to you and asked for meat, and you gave them so much they vomited it. If you love your people that much, I know you love me, and I thank you. Lord, we're in a time of need right now. But I'm not focused on the need. I'm focused on you. The Bible says this. Paul said this. Casting your cares on the Lord. Casting your cares. You ever seen uh, old videos of a farmer casting seed? They launch that stuff. They're, they're not out there sowing seed, you know, like out there on the fields like. Now, I know we have machines now, and they just, they run a machine, and it doesn't. But if you ever seen back in the day, they'd go, they'd grab a handful of the seed. They'd have a buggy or a wagon, a horse or somebody that'd be pulling, uh, uh, pulling the, the, the wagon with all the seed, big bag of seed, and they'd grab it up. And they cast that seed. You ever seen a fisherman cast a net? If you're standing in a boat and you don't cast the net outside of the boat, you probably shouldn't be casting nets. It's supposed to go out into the water. 
Modern day, what do we do? We cast, we cast a line. We have, you have a reel, much different than how they used to fish back in the day, but same principle. You cast it out. If you just hit that little button on the back of the fishing rod, and you're holding the, the, the rod up, that fishing line will just drop down, boop, right at your feet. But you have to take it, and you have to cast it. God literally says, take all your fear. Take all your worry. Be anxious for nothing. Take all your anxiety. Take all your troubles. Take all, all the problems. Take it all. Take, take all of it, and please give it to me. Again, I echo what I said before. When I asked my parents for anything, they moved mountains for me. And I tell you this morning, by the Spirit of the Lord, God's up in heaven saying, please let me move your mountain. Please let me move stuff out of your way. You know how you do it? You speak to it. He already told us, Mark 11, speak to the mountain. So what do we have to do? We have to pray. Then I want you to write these things down. I'm going to end with this. After you pray... Prayers to get results. This is not even one of the ten. This is a bonus. Number one, this is four extra additional points. This is after you pray. You engage your heart. Everybody write heart. Number two, write eyes. No, I'm sorry, write mouth. Number two is mouth. Write mouth. Number two, mouth. Number three, eyes. Number four, feet. Just write those four things down. One, two, three, four. Heart, mouth, eyes, feet. So what do we do? Once I pray, I, I, first of all, number one, heart. You believe in the heart. You do not doubt in your heart. You refuse to doubt in your heart. Number two, number two, mouth. You get your mouth in line. You confess the word of God, not the problem. You no longer say, I don't know, I can't. uh, uh, uh." If you sound like that, rebuke your own self, tell God you're sorry, and get your mouth back in line. Confess. Confess the word of God. Confess things like this. My God's going to get me through this. My God's got a way where there is no way. My God's got a solution. My God's got, man, my God's got it. My God's got it. So number two, mouth. Number three, eyes. Open your eyes and start looking around for the solution. Too many of us, yeah, you can turn that up. Too many of us are, are sitting, sitting, uh, standing still, just waiting on God to do. You know, everything he does, he does through you. Everything he does, he does through me and you. He does it right through me and you. You, you and I are God's, literally Jesus' hands and feet. He's the head. Everybody say, Jesus is the head. Hands and feet, appendages, body, whatever. We're doing, we're doing God's work on this earth. So you got to start looking. And number four, feet. you got to start moving. Now, I said this last week, so I don't have to harp on it, but you're not going to move past God. That's the point of prayer. Well, well then, if I ask God, should I ask him again? I don't think so. Because if you really ask in faith and you believe right then, it's done. So what do I do? I start thanking him and I start asking him how, when, where. Lord, don't let me miss that. I'm going to give you an example. Actually, no, I'm going to do it at the end. But, but I, I, I'm asking God for something right now and I've started, look, I've started looking all over. 
I started looking all over. I'm asking neighbors, hey, do you have one of those? I'm believing God for one of those for our church. Now you have one of these? Do you know somebody who has one of these? I rode around last night. I like to ride and pray. I drive and pray. It's something I do. But while I'm driving and praying, I'm looking. I'm looking for something. I'm looking for something I'm believing God for. Not a building. It's something different. I'm always looking for buildings. But I'm looking around. Looking. Because I want to be in the moment, in the place where God can say, that's it. Go talk to him. When, 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 they, when Jesus and his disciples, right before he was crucified, went, went into uh, Jerusalem, he said, go. There's a man who's got a donkey and a colt. And he'll give you the colt. And, and, and they were like, okay. They went and they found the guy. Sure enough, donkey, colt. Hey, we got to have this colt. My master needs it. Okay, here you go. Take the colt. And Jesus ran in. I mean, walked, uh, rode in on Palm Sunday because they listened to the word. They listened to the instruction. They listened to, you know, maybe he actually knows what he's talking about. Maybe he actually knows what he's talking about. Maybe what's in here actually works. And if I just listen to it and walk by this, I'll find the colt tied up. Hey, Peter, you think it's better to pay taxes or not make pay, pay taxes? Should we pay taxes? Peter said, yeah, we got to pay taxes. Okay, then go drop a line in the water and the first fish that comes up, open its mouth and there'll be five, I think it's called a Darien, and you take that out and pay your taxes and mine. Dude, dude was a fisherman. I mean, you think he was like, um, I mean, I've caught a lot of fish, Jesus. Listen, see, this is what we all do. Jesus gives us a word, gives Jesus, we, we, we pray, and we engage our heart, and then Jesus says, okay, well then do this, and you say, huh, Jesus, you don't understand. You don't understand. I mean, you can't possibly know. I've been through, Jesus said this, I've been through everything you've been through. I walked literally in your shoes. I know everything going on inside of you. I know everything that you're thinking. And if you ask me, if you ask the Father in my name, He'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. There should be a boldness in our prayers. I don't, I don't, I hope not, but I would imagine when I said what I said last week that we're believing for 100 souls saved, 50 filled with the Holy Spirit, and 250 in the seats, that some of y'all looked around and thought, Pastor done smoked something this week. Pastor's a little loopy. But, but why, why would I ask God for something that has to do with his kingdom and he not give it to me? I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm not asking for a Rolls Royce. I'm not asking for a Bentley. I'm not asking for a bigger house. I want to see your kingdom grow. And, and Matthew 6 says, if I do that, you'll give me everything else anyway, so I'm not worried about it. So then what do I have to do? What's my responsibility? I've engaged my heart. I came boldly. I'm walk, I asked in faith. Now I'm going to confess it. I'm going to confess it. And the reason I normally wouldn't even put something like that, I would put something vague on the card. Like, Lord, we're believing for supernatural growth in our church. But you know why I wanted, I wanted to put it on the card last week? And I didn't get to say this last week, so I'm saying it today. Mouth. I need y'all talking it. 
I don't want to hear anything, and I, and I mean this as respectful and nice as I can, but I don't want to hear anything come out of your mouth about how, well, we're not going to hit 250. Don't you say it. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Lord, I thank you for 250 in the seats. Lord, I thank you for 100 souls saved. That's what you have to say. I need y'all saying it, not just me. I need y'all believing it, not just me. Then what are we doing? Then I'm looking around. Lord, how in the world are we going to get more kids? How in the world are we going to expand this? How in the world are we going to do I started talking to everybody in the neighborhood, in this, little thing, in this building, in this complex, I mean. You got space? Can I use your space on Sundays? I got too many kids. We got too many kids. I need space. I'm out of space at the venue I'm in. I started, to, I started talking because it won't hurt. What's it going to hurt to ask? I got my feet moving and my eyes looking. Because I'm not, I'm not living a weak, lazy life. God put me on this earth and put you on this earth. Let me say it this way. God put you on this earth with a purpose and a passion. And a, and a you can do whatever you put your heart and mind to if you do it in him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everybody stand on your feet.